Welcome to the SA for FA's Retirement Advisor Podcast, a series that addresses issues of importance to financial advisors when dealing with the preeminent issue on their clients' minds, namely their desire for financial independence. I am your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and today I wanted to share some simple impressions of a recent visit I had with an elderly woman and reflect on some financial implications of longevity. We'll get to that in just a moment, but first, this word on behalf of our sponsor. Earlier this week, I had the privilege of meeting with a distant cousin I didn't know I had. Another distant cousin who had been active in researching our common family tree was aware of her and introduced us. The purpose of this meeting was to learn a bit more about my family history, much of which had been obscured by the dislocation of war, dispersion over three continents, migration, and the fact that my father, who is no longer with us, did not communicate about his past, focused as he was on the present and future. Yet here I was seated with someone who was apparently a cousin and close neighbor of my family nearly a century ago. By now, I've conveyed all that I've learned to my close family, but after a few days of thought, I realized that some of my observations may be relevant to financial advisors who work in the field of retirement. Perhaps the key reason for this is how often are we in the company of a 95-year-old? If you're one of those people, consider yourself fortunate, because despite all of the reports prevalent in financial services sources about increasing longevity, it's still something of a rarity to reach that age. I hadn't thought about that fact until this visit. I had an uncle who recently passed away who made it to 93. One of my grandfathers lived till 98. Thank God I've got some longevity in my family. And yet, I realized with this meeting that I don't often encounter people of this age. According to Brookings Institution research, about one-third of women who are 65 in 2015 will live to be 90, and one-fifth of men. Obviously, a still smaller proportion will make it to 95. When I entered my hostess's home, she stood up to greet me, at which point her kind and caring daughter ordered her mother to sit back down. I later saw that it was difficult for her to walk. She used a walker and had a live-in health care aid. As I introduced myself and asked questions of my cousin, I found that she was shouting all of her replies as if I were two or three rooms away. I later found out that she survived two strokes, but amazingly, her mind remained fully intact. I brought a photo of my father, whom she would have known as a child, to jog her memory. When I presented it to her, she apologized that she could not see. Now, of course, people's health conditions vary, yet it is common for people to have some sort of health challenge at this age, and it is often costly to treat. This is evidenced by data from HealthView Services, which reports that the average healthy 65-year-old couple retiring this year will spend about $388,000 on health care during their remaining years. I certainly wouldn't pry into my cousin's finances, but I did observe, as she escorted me to the door with her walker, that her daughter reminded her to sign a form authorizing some sort of insurance benefit for her immigrant home health care aid. I was impressed by this because many people evade payment of retirement benefits, yet she signed the form cheerfully. Her home was modest, but tidy and well-located. Overall, she seemed financially comfortable. While it is impossible to know for sure, I would guess that she lived on a pension covering her monthly needs, in addition to any portfolio she might have had. My inference is based strictly on the combination of her advanced age and apparent financial ease, since an upper-middle-class person might otherwise be more challenged to fund retirement 30 years out from age 65. Here are now my conclusions from all of this. First, we should invest substantially in our health. 
This will not only ensure greater comfort if we merit to live to ripe old ages, but will also minimize what would otherwise be very large expenses. Second, we should invest substantially to be able to fund a lengthy retirement. Retirees should invest in equities in particular for long-term growth. If we are not among the lucky one-third or one-fifth of women or men who make it to age 90, we can bequeath our wealth. But if we are fortunate to live long, we can enjoy the dignified and generous lifestyle of the woman I met with. Third, I think it would be very valuable to have a private pension to supplement our portfolios and social security. Having regular recurring income month in and month out reduces financial worry and enables us to act generously. Lastly, if you have access to an elderly relative or friend, take advantage of this rare resource. Ask questions and learn from his or her wisdom, experience, and memories. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast of value, consider passing it on to one other advisor. Also feel free to contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com if you have feedback or requests. This is Seeking Alpha's Gil Weinrich.